Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew, and these words are my own. I represent nobody but myself, but I'm sure you'll be able to deduce who I work for based on the information presented. I have a great deal of faith in the public, and I respect your intelligence, unlike our government and some of our neighbors. It is possible that I'm putting myself at personal risk making this video. All of my avenues have been exhausted at work, however, and my attempts to seek out sanity in our institutions have proven fruitless. It appears that ethics have become a foreign concept in Canadian government, who have clearly adopted a rules for thee but not for me approach. I wrote a script for this, and although I don't usually write scripts for my content, I wanted to make sure I covered all of the salient points. So if you see my eyes drifting a bit during this, it is because I have yet to master focusing on a camera while reading, and I do not own a teleprompter. For those of you who follow me, there won't be a regular episode out this week, and I am away next week in hopes of completing my book. Derek and I will be recording an episode during the first week of September, focusing on the Milgram experiment and the applicability and relevance of its findings considering the current landscape. I think you'll enjoy it. First and foremost, I am Canadian. But what does that mean exactly? It appears that many have forgotten or never knew in the first place. I'd like to share some thoughts about what this means to me, as well as what our representatives believe it means. People prefer issues to be simple, and I am here to complicate it for you, because I believe you're mature enough to hear it. If you've watched anything I've put out during the pandemic, you'll find that I'm not particular to whether or not people have been vaccinated, because it seems clear to me that medical decisions should be based on individual circumstances. And frankly, your situation is none of my business. I've gone back and forth on the issue of vaccines, like many people, in my personal life, and I'm currently in a position where I believe that they may be the right choice for most people, myself included. But something that I always try to do when it comes to social issues is magnify whichever side isn't being heard. I'm nonpartisan, and I care about reason and individual freedoms above all else. And if the deliberate silencing of a particular side of an issue is sowing discord, then it saddens me because this isn't what Canada represents to me. I decided to work for the government, specifically in service of the public, where I would place myself at risk so that you don't have to. I believe it to be a noble endeavor, and it was something I decided after a serious depression I faced in my early 20s, and taking on the burden of public safety seemed like a particularly redemptive and fulfilling role. I have a sense of duty to serve the public interest, and I have been unwavering in my prioritization of ethical conduct and fair application of the law to the benefit of all Canadians. I work for you, the public, and this is something I take very seriously. I fought to defend your rights and uphold your freedoms at the expense of my own liberty, because I am expected to adhere to standards of conduct and secrecy that extend far beyond what is expected of civilians. I have done this for more than 15 years, even in my own personal life, without concern for my own liberty or freedom. But something occurred recently that has caused me to draw a line in the sand. The government has recently decided that all federal employees must be vaccinated. And this is a decision that I feel worthy of combating publicly. I am not against vaccines. I am against mandated medical treatments for anyone, experimental or otherwise. The question needs to be asked, however, how did we get to this point? Well, 
please permit me to share some information with you from someone who works for the government with knowledge of frontline activity pertaining to travel and an understanding of the law. For those unaware, I sent a letter to six different agencies a few months ago about my concerns with the vaccine administration. My letter didn't pertain to the vaccine themselves, but rather the bioethical considerations of medical treatment according to Western principles. A few responded to me. One was helpful, although they couldn't directly address my concerns, which was the Office of the Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner, which were the only department that appears to have remembered their mandate and at whose pleasure they serve. The Public Health Agency of Canada, Health Canada, and the Government of Ontario, among others, did not feel it sufficiently worthwhile to respond to my concerns about ethical conduct. In the same vein, my own agency, despite being in the position to dictate for itself what constitutes essential work, continued to have employees gather at work, even when there was no work to do because of optics, or so it was said, and hold training courses that put employees at risk, even when they could have delayed or postponed training indefinitely. Additionally, at least in Toronto, we hired over 100 new student employees, despite there being no need for them due to the reduced number of flights, and objections to this introduction of an unnecessary risk were met with no reasonable explanation, and we moved full steam ahead in hiring redundant positions while you, the public, were prevented from working and earning a wage. Needless congregating at work and training led to numerous outbreaks and quarantines, and many employees contracted COVID at work, including the hospitalization of an officer due to the severity of his symptoms. Their priority wasn't stopping the spread of COVID. It was insulating themselves against possible liability due to the potential of public criticism and a lapse of training delivery, which is a pattern you'll begin to notice. My agency looks after its executives and its image, not its employees or the public, despite what you may believe to the contrary. Something I find interesting is that most of the public appears to believe that travel ceased during the pandemic. It didn't. You may have heard that only necessary travel was occurring, but you weren't likely aware of what constitutes necessary travel and how many exemptions existed for people not only to travel, but also to dodge quarantine. And if you were rich enough, you could just pay a fine and skip it altogether. I have firsthand knowledge of the interview that took place with the first couple that arrived from China that had COVID symptoms. This was on the first flight into Canada from China after the pandemic became officially declared. The couple believed themselves sick. They admitted this to the officer and to their credit, they did not conceal anything. However, when this officer referred the couple to the Public Health Agency of Canada, or PHAC, who was at the airport specifically to make decisions about refusal and quarantine, they admitted this couple into Canada without restrictions. The consensus among officers is that it has become clear that PHAC has no intention of keeping anyone out of Canada. This behavior continued throughout the pandemic, and while PHAC is no longer attending ports of entry, they can be called by officers to give information, and everyone is subsequently released. It's a formality that gives the illusion of protecting the public and managing the spread while earning partisan support for the Trudeau government. I have friends that have lost their businesses due to lockdowns and couldn't make ends meet with money that the government was providing. 
Some of them resorted to selling their personal belongings online for additional income, and they were amazed at the number of recent migrants who were the purchasers of their goods. One interaction should be particularly resounding with the frustrated citizens among us. A recent migrant admitted to my friend that they were here on a study permit while schools were closed, collecting the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, or CERB, and furnishing their new place with the money they've been receiving, while additionally having their medical expenses covered that permitted them to attend gyms while they were closed and no one else could attend. My friend does not have medical coverage and suffered significantly, both emotionally and economically, from her inability to work and provide for her children. Canadians aren't being permitted to work, so they need to sell off their personal belongings, and some of the purchasers of these goods are migrants entering during the pandemic for non-essential reasons at the discretion of Public Health and Health Canada. You may be asking, what does he mean by entering for non-essential reasons when the government dictated clearly that only essential travel will be permitted? Allow me to answer that for you. The answer is anything. If you made even the smallest attempt to justify your travel, PHAC accepted it. Certainly, there was a list of acknowledged and acceptable justifications, but for the remainder, it was decided at the discretion of PHAC, who essentially let everyone in. The one justification that is frequently thrown around the office were students from India who had enrolled in online courses and when they arrived in Canada and were questioned about why they needed to attend Canada for an online course, and particularly while all schools were closed, the favorite answer was, my internet isn't very good at home. You may think I'm joking, but I'm not. And this answer was given so frequently that it has become a meme at work. This is among the acceptable reasons that public health would permit people to enter Canada during the pandemic. After growing concerns regarding flights from India surfaced, and these flights being an aggravating factor in the Delta variant arriving in Canada, flights were cancelled from India. This is true, sort of. The reality is that direct flights from India have stopped, but after migrants learned of a direct flight to Mexico, they simply flew into Mexico and then took a direct flight from Mexico to Canada. Frequently, flights coming in from Mexico are full, and there isn't a single Mexican national on them. It is filled completely with Indian students, attending Canada due to allegedly poor internet so that they can collect CERB, and many admitted this to officers when they arrive. Unfortunately, informing the CERB reporting office has been considered a privacy issue in regards to these matters, and so they could not be informed of this obvious breach. However, the government doesn't believe it a privacy issue to demand their own employees to provide their medical information or vaccination records. If you take a game-theoretical approach to anything, then this is all to be expected. If rules exist and one or more people figure out how to navigate the rules sufficiently well in order to benefit, then there will always be players. So I don't harbor any particular resentment towards the aforementioned Chinese couple or Indian migrants. My displeasure lies with our government permitting this to occur when it was clearly occurring and has since been occurring since the beginning of the pandemic. Our government has placed us at risk for reasons that remain somewhat opaque, but could be deduced if you're familiar with the complexities of government. So, 
Canadians can't work. And even if you got vaccinated, you weren't permitted to run your business. We stayed at home. We missed funerals of our loved ones. We suffered significantly with depression and suicide, while the government that had failed to adequately manage the pandemic from day one kept the public in the dark about the reality of cross-border travel. And then we have the hostages of the pandemic. I have had numerous conversations with friends and family in tears, crying either in person or over the phone about what their futures hold. Friends have lost clients because of a failure to be vaccinated, and their children have had their education held hostage in the absence of being vaccinated. Apparently, the notion of my body, my choice only applies to women and those in search of an abortion and not a general principle that we should accept that applies equally to all Canadians, regardless of the situation. This is plainly and unequivocally evil. While evil has many faces, the exploitation of a vulnerability is an apt definition. Vaccine mandates do not infer the legitimacy of vaccines. They infer repercussions if you exercise a free choice. If you're a student who cares about your education, or a business that cares about their income or future, then you will be made to bow or risk losing it all. In the hierarchy of values for Western democracies, even if public health and social contracts are on the list, individual agency over your own body without exception and without exile from society resides starkly above them. It appears that many have become so accustomed to safety and liberty that they don't realize it can be taken away with one stroke of a pen, when fighting to achieve it as a bulwark against tyranny to decades of bloodshed that almost no one currently living that enjoys it ever had to risk themselves. Knowledge of this used to be a defining characteristic of being Canadian. Now it seems that cowardice and social sabotage of our neighbors so that we can go shopping or to Wonderland is a more befitting persona. Because although the Delta variant is, a most, is, a, is the most contagious of all, we can force fellow citizens to get vaccines and prevent them from working while everyone attends concerts and Wonderland without any concern of spreading the virus. I wonder how it could be spreading even though the vaccine doesn't make us immune and doesn't prevent transmission. It is true that hospitals are filling up with the unvaccinated, but it is the vaccinated who are behaving as if they are invincible and without regard for anyone else that are responsible for the spread in such large numbers. You did your part, so now you can do whatever you want, right? Not your problem, right? I hope the rides and mediocre funnel cakes are worth it. And I'm sure whatever you're purchasing from outlets, you really, really need to have right now. There is a fundamental issue here, and that is we have too many people without principles, and many only care about themselves. I generally approve of vaccines for most people, but I would never condone forcing someone to get it or to be forced to share personal information that will be used to exile them from their job or society. Many are aware that I am a huge free speech advocate. And although I don't say hateful things, I would defend to the death your right to say them, because freedom of thought and conscience remain at the top of the hierarchy of values in any principled democratic society. I may not agree with someone's choice on vaccines, but I would defend to the death for them not to be ostracized or forced to publicly share their medical history in order to remain a part of society. 
I think the propensity for everyone to share their life on social media has confused many into thinking that other people's business should be accessible to you. It isn't. And someone's medical information is none of your damn business. If you think it should be, then you're either too nosy for your own good or too authoritarian for a democracy. Fear makes you do and demand stupid things. And lockdowns make you desperate, especially when you consider that our lockdowns were inspired by the Chinese government. And there's almost no evidence to suggest that they prevent the spread of COVID, while there's plenty of evidence that they produce an unprecedented amount of mental health issues that our media clearly isn't interested in reporting on, nor our government interested in addressing or mitigating. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But I am not responsible for this, and neither are you. I'm not responsible for this virus. I didn't screw up the origin investigation. I didn't lie to the public about the WHO and NIAID ties with the Wuhan lab. I didn't permit unnecessary travel between high-risk countries. I didn't request two weeks of lockdowns that turn into a year to flatten the curve. I didn't rob you of your freedoms. I didn't shut down your business while admitting high-risk travelers into the country. I'm not the one that closed shopping centers or stopped you from seeing loved ones. I didn't exacerbate your anxiety and depression. I didn't work with big tech to prevent you from raising concerns about how the pandemic was being handled. I didn't travel to my cottage interprovincially during lockdowns while threatening to arrest the public for leaving their homes like many politicians did. I didn't fail at every step of the way to adequately and reasonably protect you and keep you informed. I will not be made into a scapegoat for the sins of our government's ineptitude and corruption. The percentage of people who remain unvaccinated is too large to account for a minority comprised of idiots, rebels, and conspiracy theorists, but it's easier to dispense with them as if they are because then you don't need to think because thinking makes you less certain and uncertainty makes you more fearful. Regardless, they have become the favored pariah of this particular issue. I've noticed a disturbing trend in recent years, in recent years of identifying an issue, real or imaginary, and then attributing collective guilt to a particular group of people and thereby alleviating ourselves of any personal responsibility in the issue, as if this is helpful or reasonable. People need to dial down their tribal instincts a bit, it seems. I am tired of having to explain Canadian values to those who have succumbed to the influence of our governments and media dividing the population and turning us against one another, as if we should be perceiving one another as enemies and not those entities themselves, these sowers of discord. Look at how easy it was to turn us against one another. A sprinkle of fear, a dash of uncertainty, some illegal restrictions on your freedoms, and bam, dance for me. Apparently, xenophobia is only a term used when it comes to generating conflict with regards to different cultural or religious beliefs, and not individuals making choices about the sanctity of their own body. Hating a group of people due to a failure to understand them and work with them within the paradigm of a free society is anti-democratic, anti-pluralist, and xenophobic. Are they not productive and contributing members of society? How easy it has become to self-righteously pass judgment on your fellow citizens for a personal choice they've made. 
many whom value privacy and personal autonomy, are among the most productive members of society. And prior to this pandemic, how many of us lived lives dedicated to no one but ourselves? But now, you've told yourself you've done your part, and the sneeches without stars on their bellies should be maligned because you've decided for the first time in your life to fulfill a perceived social contract that is still now only really being done for your own cowardly and selfish reasons. Everyone thinks tyranny will look one way, and it will be clearly evil and heinous with a dictator yelling propaganda from a conspicuous booth with a bannered background. It won't. It looks like this, with the population kept in a state of uncertainty and fear through the edicts of the same government that will convince you it is only acting out of concern for your well-being. Being Canadian is being pro-choice in more ways than one. And I suggest that we grip tightly to our privacy, our human rights, and our charter-guaranteed freedoms. For those unaware, lockdowns and vaccine mandates are violations of numerous sections of the Canadian Human Rights Code and numerous parts of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, namely your fundamental freedoms, your mobility rights, and your legal rights. Government agencies and businesses sharing this information in order to enforce these mandates is a violation of Section 7 of the Privacy Act, and any employer or school collecting it from you is a violation of Section 8 of the Privacy Act. We have sought to codify that a Canadian way of life is one that protects the people from its government in the pursuit of their own life and wisdom, and our government has done nothing but treat us like helpless idiots that need their despotism or else we'd be lost. I don't want to live in a country that supports this or one that merely sits idly by while our representative, people that we pay with our tax dollars to do whatever they'd like in the pursuit of power while they tarnish our history and national identity. It is merely a coincidence that I have a platform, and I pride myself on being as honest as possible in the service of the public who may in some small way, perhaps, benefit from such a message. And this is precisely why I am recording this, because, as always, I work for you. If I am requested in an official capacity to produce medical records of any kind to my employer, I will refuse. And I recommend you do the same, regardless of your employer. I've been placed in countless compromising situations at work for this past year without any care for my health, whether or not I am vaccinated, or the peripheral risk caused to friends and family of employees that were expected to keep doing unnecessary work and attend unnecessary training and keep their mouth shut. Now that I've done my job and done my part for the last year, I'm being invited to participate in the violation of my civil rights in order to keep my job. To our government, I say, I am not a slave. I am a citizen. And although it may be cliche, it is nevertheless true. I pay your salary, so start acting like it. Consider yourselves fortunate that you've been able to cause our country to implode for an entire year due to your incompetence and brazen disregard for the humanity of your citizens, and have somehow managed to escape unscathed. Try to take my rights any more than you have, and I will see you in court. Not today, Canada, and not through me. This Canadian has had enough.